If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Welcome back to another episode of Money Honeys, where we, Freddie, Chantel, and Devin are triggered. Because today we are talking about the millennial urge to never pay off our student loans. Fuck daddy government. Mm. Uncle Scam. Uncle Scam. Always at it. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fisticuffs. <laughs> That's right. Today is our first of probably many episodes of our student loan series, Student Pwned. And we're kicking it off with a banger because today on the show, we have the incomparable Ben O'Keefe. Now, Ben O'Keefe is a Forbes 30 Under 30 producer, writer, and impact executive, and the senior creative lead and advisor to the Elizabeth Warren campaign in 2020. Come on, resume. I know. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Ben is now the head of diversity and impact over at the production company that I work with, Creator Plus, where... He is the executive producer of the Flip the Script short film fund that finances breakthrough shorts for incredible BIPOC filmmakers. And I don't like to bet because, as we all know on this podcast, I do not like to lose my money. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But I would bet that Ben is going to get himself an Emmy within the next five years or so. And you can bet on that. Ben, hello. Hey, Ben. Hi, Ben. From from your mouth to goddess's ears i hope so thanks for having me y'all oh my god and you missed if anyone's just listening only audio i'm also incredibly handsome so that's good to know as well so flip over to our youtube channel and see see the fit that ben has going on y'all it's summer it's tropical it's giving vacation vibes even though i know for a fact ben and i are not in vacation vibes right now no i wish um, so gals, instead of asking about our weeks, I thought I would go ahead and ignite the flames. Oh. You know, I love to do that. Yes. Oh, you do. A, a fire pro- stoker. A provocateur. <laughs> with Ben and start off with a little spicy prompt. How much do you think your college experience was worth? Mm. I need a dollar amount and I need you to tell me where you went. So Ben, we'll start with you. How much do you think well, your college experience was worth? Well, I don't want to make you all feel dumb for going to college um but i in fact spent zero dollars to go to college i got into some of the best schools in the country and i couldn't afford it i grew up in poverty i started working but i will say now i'm 27 years old i make mid six figures and i still believe that joe biden should wipe out all federal student loan debt so how about that mm-hmm. yeah but if you had to put a dollar amount on your experience like if someone was like i'll pay you for your college experience how much would you be how much would you charge? Well, you know, I spent a lot of time on college, writing college essays for friends, et cetera. And I think it was like a $4,000 experience. 4000 mm. And where did you go? 4000 Um, I mean, I went to, I, I, I mean, I basically went to NYU when I dated a kid there. I went to Appalachian State when I was working there. You know, I went all over. I just lived on college campuses that I couldn't afford to go to. Mm -hmm. god bless Mm -hmm. god bless school of life it was a fun experience yeah Chantal? Ooh, so I went to Chapman University for, and I studied like TV and film there. Mm-hmm. Thing is, for for me, it 
it definitely like gave me a leg up even like coming into BuzzFeed because I knew kind of like a lot of the technical aspects of stuff. The other thing, I'm not an extrovert by nature. And so networking, mixing, social, like all that stuff, I hate doing. I hate going to mixers. I hate meeting people like point blank. Mm. So Chapman also gave me a network Mm -hmm. of people that I know I wouldn't have met like just out in the real world because Ben seems like he's very good at meeting people, seems like he he knows how to talk, all that stuff, which is so, so valuable. I am not that naturally. I'm great one-on-one. If someone's like, do you want to come to this mixer? I'm like, absolutely not. I absolutely don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. How many how many networking events have we been together where you're just like, can we go now? Can we go yes. now soon? I need a Sesti snack. Let's leave. I'm <laughs> like, Dev, can we do like the photo booth with no one besides us? Like what's going on? You know, it's just like, it's not my vibe. And so for me, like college did give me that of uh, having basically having something kind of like behind me so that in my like few words, I can be like, yeah, I went to Chapman. And people are like, oh, okay. I can like vet you even without you being so like outwardly. And then they can just put me in the job and see that I can do the work. And how much do you think that's worth? Oh God. I don't know. Probably maybe like, maybe, maybe like 20, 30 K. Okay. Okay. Fred. Is this per year? Or is this like overall, overall your like college all, experience, baby? Okay, okay. So I went to Howard University, uh, historically black college and university. Um, this one, okay. So when you asked this question, I definitely was like, "How am I going to answer this?" Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the cliche answer would be priceless. Because I really, really, really am so happy with the experience that I had at Mm -hmm. Howard and all of the networking and connections that I walked out with, even like mentorship and really close friends that I'm tight with to this day. I mean, I would say priceless, but I'm not going to go the Hallmark route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is a financial (laughs) podcast, baby. (laughs) Um, I would say, so Howard tuition in general is is quite expensive. It is a private college. It's private, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's about, I think at the time I went, I mean, obviously prices have risen mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, but when I went, it was about 20K <gasps> a year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ooh, I don't think it was, I mean, I loved it. I don't think it was all of that. Yeah. So I would say, I would I would knock it down to like 40K total. So maybe 10K a year. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay. Well, I went to University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Loved it. Loved it. Go blue. I I bleed maize and blue, mm-hmm. um, which we can put a pin in that. But like <laughs> the forced pep rally experience mm-hmm. of like a Big Ten school, mm-hmm. I think is a little bit uh, borderlines on brainwashing. Mm-hmm. But that that said, go blue. Go blue. <laughs> if I win an Oscar, I'm I will I will pull a Darren Chris and be like, go blue at the end. I will. <laughs> good to know, good to know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In fact, when I saw your braids, I was like, oh Freddie, go blue. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, that's so obnoxious. Um so yeah, I think I would agree because on top of the network, um, we did a very Potter musical at mm, school, at mm-hmm. college. And so there were a lot of resources that mm-hmm. we used. We had like 3D mapping uh, machines mm-hmm. at school. We we were the performance art school was right next to the engineering school, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of learning like cross pollination that mm-hmm. I found very useful. And in general, I think that college is a safe space for 
kids mm-hmm. to land. Mm-hmm. So I would put a high dollar amount on that. Mm-hmm. I would put maybe 30K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're all like kind of around the same situation. Yeah, we are. But I think our opinions might change and they may do that after, after the, the break. break. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Fred, Chantal and Ben. <laughs> what do you know about other countries and how they price out their higher education? I know that in so many other countries, it's way, 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 way affordable. Yeah. Like $7,000 for all four years. Yeah. That's all I know. Do you want to know something really sad? Yeah, always. 22 countries around the world have free college, and many, 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 many more have low-cost higher education, more correlated to, like, how our parents went to school, mm-hmm. where if you could get a part-time job, you could pay for your education. Yeah. You were $3,000 a semester. Mm-hmm. So that's what I know. 22 countries, free college. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much all I know is it's way less. It's way more likely for people in other countries to yeah. get higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is in general. I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent, but everything, healthcare, mm-hmm. college education, all that stuff is just much more affordable and accessible to citizens of, of many other countries besides here. So I'm excited to jump into whatever I'm about to jump into because I want to know exactly like which countries have it nailed. You want to know how much America girl boss gatekeeps. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Education. Exactly. Okay, well, today, Lades, I have decided that we're going to study abroad and sample some of the college experiences from around the world. Mmm, rich. <laughs> we're gonna play we're gonna play a little game called Study the Fraud. Ooh, we love it. Dun dun dun. This country boasts two universities that are in the top 30 around the world. They are the largest producer of scientific research, and they also charge around $4,700 a year on average for tuition. Is this country A, India, B, China, C, Turkey, or D, Tay Diggs? 
I thought I knew it, then D came up. Oh. <laughs> Some context. The last time we wrote an episode, Tate Eggs was in the game section, so I just decided to keep him in. <laughs> she, she forgot to delete his, his name <laughs> as one of the answer choices, but it's great that yeah. Yeah. she's still there. We created an inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> Fans will know. <laughs> I mean, the amount of money Tay Diggs spent on Twitter bots to follow all of us probably could have paid for Universal College. So. Oh, T. I did not know he, that. Oh, he does follow. Does he follow me? He might follow me. Wait. Actually, he does follow me. <laughs> and I was actually, let's keep, let's stay focused. Okay. okay. <laughs> Y'all stay focused. I'm about to check if Tay Diggs follows me. <laughs> well, give me your answer, Ben and Fred. My guess is India. Turkey. Ben says Turkey. I'm going to mm. say B, China. Ooh. I say India because I know like they also like develop their own vaccine. Mm. And so I feel like, you know, the scientific research part. Yeah. The one fact I know that I'm basing this answer on. (laughs) Well, I like that we sampled them all. Sure. Um, I'll say D, Tay Tiggs, just to get it all out there. (laughs) But it's B, China, Fred. Ooh. Ooh, Miss Fred. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah. Good yeah. Those right. commies got it figured out. <laughs> I really do. Okay, next, next question. There are roughly around 1,100 universities in this remote country. Their government's percentage of GDP that was devoted to education is about 5.7%. That's a lot. I'm taking yeah. notes like that's like relevant to me. I'm like, okay, 5.7. <laughs> Like, I will score 100 on this quiz, and I don't care. Um, (laughs) Answers are A, South Africa, South Africa, B, Russia, C, Australia, or D, the Philippines. Hmm. I'm going to guess the Philippines just keep it in in the family because my mother-in-law was born and raised in the Philippines. There we go. We love that. We love Shaki. Shout out. (laughs) 5.7. I, I do, I am, the 5.7% is what's, the, it's the hang up here. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with D, the Philippines as well. I feel like out of all of these, it may be the smallest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, 5.7% of their government GDP going towards education, I feel like that would totally make sure that no one is struggling afterwards. Okay, Ben? Um, I'm going to choose Australia. I didn't do any math. I just have a crush on Robert Irwin, um, the crocodile hunter's son. So I'm going to go Australia. Uh, Isn't he like 19? <laughs> yeah, I'm well of it. illegal. I'm well of it. Well, I'm a fan of the Irwin family. Me too. I really am. Anyways. He's old for his age. He went through a lot of trauma at a young age. Don't get me started. <laughs> D, uh, the answer is actually C, Australia. Ooh. So, Ben. Okay, Ben. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> Dad. I did hear a fact that people, people in Australia have the biggest dicks. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's because 5.7% of their GDP. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's at least 5.7 inches. All right, okay. I love it. All right. Last question, or second to last question. This country charges their national and international students the same amount for higher education. Hmm. Tuition rates at public institutions for undergraduate students are among the lowest, with the average of $240 per year. Is Whoa. it A... France, 
B, Ghana, C, Poland, or D, Argentina? Hmm. Okay, we'll stop. I know. What say it? I know it. It's it's Argentina. It's Argentina. Obviously. Obviously. Obviously? What makes you say obviously? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing makes me say it. <laughs> we love honesty. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Well, I mean, the gals know because I accidentally forgot to take the answer out of the question. <laughs> say it. Say it. A. France. May we? I I think I would have guessed Ghana, though. I would have either guessed B or C. Mm. Ghana mm. or Poland. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that France has tuition, $240 a year. Wow. That is less than the Chase Sapphire Reserve (laughs) (laughs) annual fee. That's that's like most of Europe, right? Like that's most of Europe uh, makes education affordable Mm -hmm. and accessible and also has just different structures leading up. So they have trade programs Mm -hmm. and they have options for high schoolers. We, you know, you don't have to go to college, but if you don't, you should also get resources from your country to do something. Mm-hmm. So we like you, France. Well, I don't know. France has some problematic parts, but we like you, France. We like what you're doing with education, France. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. I I really I wish that trade school was a bigger element of American education, because I think that trade school can be so, so, so just incredible because college isn't for everyone and you might like if you know like hey I really want to be an electrician and I don't need to get into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to go to a university when I know I want to be an electrician yeah and then going to trade school it just I just and the real shit is like the electricians are making more money than the liberal arts degree yes yes like that's what sucks yes and after I went to Vassar or whatever and this electrician's like I make $200,000 a year and I went to community college trade school who's smarter who's really who's really more educated yeah Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. and at least after being in Hollywood for like the past what 10 years ish Mm -hmm. I feel like half of Hollywood is a trade. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need to go to college. No. For, even for like producers, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm. mm-hmm. can you tell a story? Can you operate Google spreadsheets and docs? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're good. Yeah. I also just wish, too, that like I'm almost feeling like it's it, it's probably not specific to America, but I do feel like. I feel like trade school and even community colleges get such a bad rap yes. and mm-hmm. there's such like negative implications that goes yes. along with taking those routes. And I just, I don't know what can be done, but I think maybe just more resources behind mm-hmm. more trade schools that are of like a really great, you know, quality and caliber that mm-hmm. really can get these students mm-hmm. on the path that they actually want to be on without having to go into crazy debt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that stigma is based on classism, yeah. right? And it's mm-hmm. because who are disproportionately the people who do those things. And so mm-hmm. you're less smart or you're less valuable to society. Mm-hmm. But in reality, many of those people are performing some of the most vital tasks. Mm-hmm. And I just talk for a living and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we have to really shift what we value in our society. Mm-hmm. And I think we're definitely at that place right now. Yeah. Who of us knows how electricity works? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where it's like, <laughs> I just got but, nervous. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> someone who went to trade school or even just like learned on the job. If it's like a family electrician company mm-hmm. knows that stuff. 
mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that without electricity, our world like doesn't work. Yeah. Just literally doesn't work. When yeah. I think of trade school, I think of Donald Glover's episode when in Community when he is like, have you seen Community, right? Everyone? No? I, I've I seen, seen like episode. an episode. Yeah. yeah. When he <laughs> discovers he's like the best plumber, like he has a secret talent for being a plumber and pipes <laughs> and like trade school seems like Hogwarts, yeah. you know? <laughs> they like select him, you know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like my family has a plumbing business. It's how like, it's how my grandpa like came like from Mexico and then wound up starting a plumbing business and no like way. the family it's still in the family to this day I, I didn't know, know that, that. Mm-hmm. well I'm my get- ex-boyfriend is a plumber no way and yeah and, and he also is married to a woman but that's beyond the point um and so plumbers are cool good for him wait did he fix your pipes <laughs> is that knew, how you met him I knew that was happening did he fix my pipe <laughs> there were pipes involved in our relationship <laughs> I love it well I'm going to skip the last question for Chantel and Robin let's just go ahead and go to Chantel right here on the okay okay so all of this convo brings us to a question for you Ben why do you think we place such a high monetary value of education on the individual in this country, in this moment of time. Okay, uh, this is. I'll do a quick rant. So, look, the system isn't broken. It's working exactly as it's intended. This is not an accident. Um, I often say ignorance, by its very definition, is a lack of knowledge. So, the only way that we actually break down ignorance in ourselves and in others is with education. But let me say this as clearly as possible: this is class warfare. They want people to stay ignorant. They want to make it as hard as possible for you to thrive, and they want to make as much money in the process as they can. Because if you understand the system, if you have knowledge, Mm -hmm. then you can find ways to make the system work for you or Mm -hmm. maybe hopefully even dismantle it altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't have to be this way. So truly, I root so much of this in capitalism and toxic individuality and American exceptionalism and that myth. Um, it doesn't have to be this way. It's this way because of greed. And it's this way because it's meant to control people without financial means from getting an education. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll pick that back, mic back up because you have the next question. <laughs> yeah. So where does all of this money go? Like all of this money that they are gouging from us in the process of trying to thrive and trying to do well for ourselves. Like, where is it going? Well, let's, let's talk about it. You know, it's nuanced and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to talk about one part of it, which is one of the biggest places that it's going is in these massively inflated salaries of college administrators and some of the skilled workers at college. So the vast majority of college presidents actually make at least three hundred thousand dollars a year that's the low end but then you look at more expensive schools like harvard where the president makes 3.5 million dollars or nyu where the president has a salary of a million dollars a year and lives for free in a penthouse that is worth tens of millions of dollars there are some professors mostly old tenured white men who are literally making millions of dollars a year to teach classes to 30 people And so the money is being put into the pockets of the most powerful and it's being paid for by the most marginalized. And it's the reason why we have more than 175 or uh, I'm sorry, one point seven five trillion dollars in federal student loan debt in this country so that a select few can get rich and then a fewer select group of folks can be successful in society. 
it's a scam. So was it a gradual scam where they just started inching up the salaries of these professors? Or was this just something that happened in the 90s? Because I feel like in the 90s is when it really started to inflate. So it really started in the 80s, primarily um, when we started to see tuitions go from a few thousand dollars a year and up and up. They call it tuition inflation. But the inflation is actually not correlated to like the inflation in our country. It is still disproportionately higher now than it was back then. And it really started changing, I believe, because of uh, a system that was more and more becoming one in which the wealthy thrive. We have we have 800, about 800 billionaires in this country who are worth about $4.7 trillion, which is more than the bottom 99% of the country. That wasn't always the case, right? right? So we've actually seen a huge change and a huge shift in our society at large. It's not just education, mm-hmm. it's everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eat the rich, mm-hmm. eat them. Mm-hmm. So, for real, billionaires, the rich. <laughs> so, honey, honey, <laughs> eat the rich. <laughs> eat them and make it cute. <laughs> um, so, to be fair, Ben, I got a little nihilistic when I first read, like, wrote this this episode in general. The gals will tell you went through a couple drafts because the first <laughs> draft I wrote, I was like, "What's the point? What, I, like, college experience is it even worth it? Like, I'm paying out of the ass every month for my University of Michigan Go Blue mm-hmm. degree." <laughs> But like we touched on the beginning, college mm-hmm. is so much more than an education. It's a network. It's a place to expand out of childhood. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you can make a buffet of bad decisions that will then become funny stories, hopefully. But when we come back, I want to resign ourselves to the fact that we all are living in a reality that student loans is very much a thing. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about, A, how we can limit our costs, mm-hmm. and B, how to pay off the loans so mm-hmm. they don't keep you in money jail. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it. Ben, say it with us. After, After the break. break. <laughs> oh, my God. I can do it. You can If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. So I want to start with the good, the cute, limiting the cost of college. Mm. Because we love discounts on the show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's really fast. Did y'all get scholarships when you went to college? No. No! Mm. Howard didn't give you a scholarship? Mm. They did not. Tell me about this. This is, right. (laughs) 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 This is the tea. This is the tea. Mm. So I did not get I did not get a scholarship going into Howard. I was distraught about it. I was confused. I was taken aback. I was overwhelmed. I'm like, you know, my GPA, all of my extracurriculars, all of this is like on point. I think I had like a 3.8 when I Mm -hmm. applied. Like I was like very confused as to why I did not get a scholarship. And generally it's because my actual test scores were not where they needed to be for Mm -hmm. Howard to actually push me over that finish line of getting a scholarship. So, because I'm just not a good test taker. Standardized oh, test taking is a whole, that's a whole other, other. That's a whole other thing. I'm yeah, like, now yeah. Howard should, 
all especially the HBCUs shouldn't mm-hmm. honestly shouldn't make us take shouldn't make us take right. these tests. <laughs> right. But anyway, um I ended up getting scholarships while I was there though. So mm-hmm. when I was um when I would get my grades and stuff per semester, they actually would award students mm-hmm. based on where you fell within your actual school. So I was in the school of communications mm-hmm. and I was I was landing like each semester in like the top 5%. Yes, you were. Out of all of the students in the class. Of course you was. <laughs> yes, you were, Miss Fred. <laughs> I was like, you guys, I'm good at school. I'm not good at taking tests. Yeah. So I ended up getting money, like a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. Every, oh, pretty good. much starting my sophomore year all the way through senior year. That's great. I'm yeah. proud of that. That's great. Shanti? Um, Yeah. So going into Chapman, I got an academic scholarship that just cut my tuition in half. Damn. For the entire four years. How did you find that? They gave it to me. Uh, It's like based on your grades and stuff mm. from high school. Is it because you were also in state? I don't know. Okay. Mm. I don't know. I don't think so because it was just called it was just called the Chancellor's Scholarship. And so if you if you basically like qualified for it academics wise, then it just literally chopped it in half. Oh, I love that. Um and so then it's interesting what you were saying about like working the system and then hopefully inevitably dismantling the system. But you know all who also knew how to work the system to get the other half of my tuition for way, 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 way discounted is my mom. Sandy. Miss Sandy Houston. Ugh. The woman who was looking for discounts when mm-hmm. we were wedding dress shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. She was like, full price who? That's not what we do. Yeah. Most moms are like, I'll spend, I'll break the bank for your wedding, honey. Sandy was like, no, no, no. no. You were, were no. no. She's like, I taught you. We go to the clearance rack, bitch. <laughs> I taught you. I raised you right. Right. Now, Ben, before we got started the recording the podcast, Podcast. You mentioned that you got into Juilliard. Now, did they offer you any scholarships? Oh yeah! Now we're bringing out the tea. Uh, <laughs> not enough. They offered me scholarships, but then I had to move to New York, and that's something that I couldn't do at the time. Mm. And it's also a really um, important thing to think about because one of the reasons why college education also is able to stay high is because of supply and demand. If we want to get into economics here. Most people can't afford to leave the area within where they grew up. Mm -hmm. And so they're limited to the colleges that are near them. And colleges know that and take advantage. Um, So, no, I I barely got any scholarship, even though I graduated top of my class Mm -hmm. a year early. So that was fun. Wow. And my mom made like $15,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So terrible. you're telling me you graduated the top of your class. Your mom made uh, below the poverty line and you still didn't get someone. Because I think for most Americans, they think, well, if someone's like that, someone swoops in and gives this kid money. Right. Even just with FAFSA or I think Pell Grant is yep. maybe just California or is it not? Is no. that one? Right. That's federal, it's, yeah. it's not. Pell Grant is a federal program. But when you yeah. get forty eight hundred dollars off of a forty eight thousand dollar tuition. Yeah. It's just not possible. And yeah. when people, you know, not everyone can even qualify for private student loans. That's something people also don't understand. Mm. Like my mom could not qualify to get me some of the student loans that mm. I would have needed. Mm. Like that was part of the problem. Yeah. And so when we look at this through an equity lens, that's part. And maybe we can talk about that with scholarships too, because the hunt for scholarships isn't fair. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's actually part of the question, because when I was looking up, you know, research, I also got scholarships when I went to college, but I went and because I was a Girl Scout. Hello. Um, the Girl <laughs> Scouts actually offered a great this was back like years ago, a great like search database that I could plug in my specs and they would list out all of the scholarships that I could apply for. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I feel like it's way harder to like, there's like blood and sweat equity mm -hmm. yeah. into finding the scholarship. You're spending your time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's basically well, what my mom did. People? Go ahead. It's like, who are, the who are the people who are having to spend their time? People without the financial means, people from marginalized backgrounds. And so, and people say, well, just do the work. But that's not equity. It's not fair that an 18-year-old, 17-year-old kid is having to work harder to get half as far and then be in a lifetime of debt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's also, I mean, an accessibility issue as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that in general, like, white students in particular who are, you know, middle class to upper class, they have their friends' parents saying like, oh, yeah, just apply to this grant. I'll put you, I'll put in a good word mm, and like, it'll be fine. We don't generally have that kind of stuff. Mm. We don't have that. That is no. A, my mom was looking at tax code. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 not even knowing where to start. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Those connections. So yeah. I didn't even think about that. Of like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just tell so and so ahead of the foundation to, to just. I literally did not think about that. Yeah, but if you think. are going to apply for scholarships, because we love to give tips on this show. Some tips on finding a scholarship is starting local since mm. there's less competition. Mm. So look for a local scholarship. Mm -hmm. And then, Ben, this is where I want to bring you in because you had a short film fund right now. So I'm sure you get lots of applicants for people who would love to be a part of it. So it's kind of adjacent, right? Talk to, your, talk to us about pitching yourself as a brand because I think that's kind of what kids who are applying for scholarships or even like people who are going to grad school and are applying for grants, that's something that they needs to think about. Because when we see these like scholarship prompts, they're like, mm -hmm. tell your life story. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, that's so vague. I like yeah. to say, I like to say monetize your trauma. You know, when I was 18 years old, I didn't go to college. But what I did do is start one of the largest campaigns against the clothing company in history against Abercrombie and Fitch, yeah, which did. they made a Netflix movie about, which everyone can watch called White Hot. Oh. Um, and, and what I did was I told my story. I didn't have money. I didn't have resources. I didn't have network, but I had my lived experience. And I, if, when I learned to tell the story of self, it made people want me. So you need to tell people why you deserve this scholarship and what you're going to do with it and why it is a natural um, tool to progress your life. Like story of self is so imperative. Knowing who you are, sharing who you are, and being confident in who you are so that other people are confident in you. Um, if you believe in yourself, if you make yourself, if you sell yourself, make yourself sound like a badass, then other people will believe it too. And colleges will want you and you'll get the scholarship, but you have to be audacious. Mm -hmm. Success is a balance of humility and audacity. Mm. The humility to know, the audacity to be bold and to believe that you're capable and you deserve things, and then the humility to know you can't get there alone. So be mm. audacious and, and, and fight for yourself because no one's going to fight for you. Mm. Wow. That's... That's such a that's such a great way to put it. I haven't thought about it in the humility plus audacity formula and like even applying for for grants and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, here's 
everything that's been working against me, which is why I need your money. And here's why you need to give it to me. Because also just like, here's what I'm going to do with your money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you look good Mm -hmm. by taking your money. Yeah. One of the biggest things I've learned from like pitching a lot of things out Mm -hmm. in Hollywood is Mm -hmm. you have to pretend that you're solving someone's problem. Mm -hmm. So their problem is they have all this money. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And they need qualified applicants that'll make Mm -hmm. them look good. Give them a headline. Mm hmm. Give them a headline. Devin Lytle awarded the blah, blah, blah grant, opens foundation, you know, whatever it is. Sweatiest bitch in the world (laughs) needs your money. So, Ben, where do you see the future of subsidizing college going in this country? Oh, gosh. Well, here's the tea. Um, It's not looking good. There is a massive chance that the Republican Party will take over both uh, chambers of Congress mm-hmm. and that any chance of policy change um, will not happen. We also have a president whose own Justice Department told him he has the ability to wipe out all student loan federal debt, and he is likely to to uh, to wipe out about ten thousand dollars per uh, per uh, student, and that's a means tested amount of money so if you make over a certain amount you don't get the help no matter your circumstances but here let's go to the optimistic side it can go anywhere we want it to but only if we build collective power we can make anything happen we can push politicians to do anything we can shift culture easily but all it takes is all of us working together they tried to dismantle us. They say, well, you paid for your college. Why should someone else not have to pay for theirs? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about you. It's about us. And when we fight together, we can make anything possible. If we want free college in this country, we can make it happen mm. because we can afford it. We spend $750 billion per year on the military, but it would only cost us $800 billion to make college free for every person in this country. Mm-hmm. So we can say we don't believe these bullshit excuses and we're going to do something about it. But unless we do, the outlook is not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true what you're saying, because there's there's so much argument of people being like, well, I paid I for my pay- college. And it's like, right, but you shouldn't have had to. I'm mm-hmm. sorry that you had to. You, sh- you shouldn't have had to. Let's right. make it better for other people. Exactly. And our country just doesn't think that. We're not taught to think like we're that. We're very individualistic. Yes. I mean, from everything from wearing masks yes. to <laughs> wiping out student loan mm-hmm. debt. Like, people just care about themselves only. I had to work for yeah. it. <laughs> yes. W- uh, people will continue to work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, was, I was oppressed, so now others should be oppressed, too. Mm-hmm. And if you live like that, then we'll all stay oppressed Yeah. Well, a small handful of people thrive Mm. and it doesn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. so you're stuck with this bill ew let's talk about how you pay this son of a bitch off question for the group and i think this goes for people who have loans in general but student loans are scariest because you you can't get rid of them ever they follow you till death Mm -hmm. you can't even get rid of them if you declare bankruptcy which Mm -hmm. is something that i think side note congress should undo it's such an easy thing To undo, but they won't. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was one of Elizabeth Warren's. Like, I mean, Elizabeth Warren had like huge policies Mm -hmm. on student loan debt and forgiveness. But like that was something easy to do, I think. So what's your step one when you have a huge loan bill to pay it down just off the top of your heads? Oh, this is for everyone. For the group. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
Is this advice or what I did? What'd you do? Okay, so I definitely deferred my loans. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you can defer and defer and defer, but obviously the longer, the more you defer, the more trouble that you're in. So I think I actually only ended up deferring for about six months. Mm. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not not bad bad. because I was nervous. Mm -hmm. So I deferred for about six months and I still like obviously didn't, because we have the private and then we have the federal. Mm -hmm. Obviously couldn't do that on like a page program salary in New Mm -hmm. York City making like 12 bucks an hour or 15, Mm -hmm. however much it was. Um, So my mom definitely helped me and stepped in around those times as well. Um, Shout out to Terry. Yes, shout out to Terry Mm because like... She's just so giving and awesome and mm-hmm. kind in that way. Um, so, yeah, that that was my my thing. I think my thing is just try not to defer for too long. But you actually did something smart, I think. You were in the PAGE program when you first graduated. Mm-hmm. You were actually working two jobs, right? PAGE program and, like, another side gig? No, I was doing PAGE program full time, but it was six days a week. Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. it was brutal. So it was a lot. It was, you know, hourly pay, six days a week, only one day off and that type of thing. And then once I finished that, I ended up um, finding other just like gigs and contracted mm. positions. So like nothing was really like lucrative enough for me to to make true dents. But like if you're going to defer, deferring for because you're in an internship yes. or in a program that's going to get you ahead. Because mm-hmm. it's like that is a little bit of return on your investment, yeah. I feel like. Um, how about you, Shanti? I barely had loans. Mm-hmm. I think I had like like five or ten thousand in loans. Okay. Um, and so for that, um, it's just like once I had the money, just kind of like paying it off in a lump sum, mm. nice. getting it out. Ben, what advice would you give? I have a radical piece of advice in which I would say that people should do their own due diligence and exploring. Student loan debt cannot keep you from um, being from getting any other type of debt. So a mortgage, an auto loan, an apartment rental, et cetera. Student loan debt really can't do much of anything to you except grow. And all money is fake. So one option is also to let your money continue to be fake in the back of your head and let it grow and grow and grow and never pay it. That is quite literally an option. Um, It's a nuclear option, but imagine if every single person did it um so that's one thing is student Mm. loan debt can't hurt you as much as you think it can they want you to think that it can hurt you much more than it can so yeah that's a little little tidbit wow that's tea that's actual tea tea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i'm sitting here with mountains of student loan debt behind Mm me um and in front of me and i have some like non-nuclear tips um, for because I I actually agree with you, Ben. It reminds me of the parking ticket situation here in Los Angeles. Not parking mm-hmm. ticket, but the red light ticket in Los Angeles. For a while, they were putting cameras mm-hmm. on red lights and taking your picture. And for a while, I don't know if this is the case, so don't quote me anymore. But for a while, people were like, just don't pay them. Right? Oh. Because it's like a breach of privacy to take oh. our picture that in that way. I did not know that. And so for a while, people just didn't pay them, and the government had no way to reinforce that. Now, it's Mm. probably changed. They've probably written some law, so don't come for me in the comments. But, you know, that's that's the Ben's nuclear option. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Also, I love, Ben, that you brought up, like, don't be as afraid. Don't be as afraid as they want you to be of student loans. It's not as crippling. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I was, I did, I don't have student loan debt, but I did have tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt 
that I had a career of learning to take care of my family. It brought me to a point of near suicide. I was mm. so depressed. Oh I was so scared. And then I realized it was all a lie. It was all a joke. And when I let go, not only have I paid off all of that debt, but I also gave myself the space to still feel joy in spite of having it, which allowed me to make to become successful enough to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So don't what no matter what you do, this is one part of your life and one part of your identity. It doesn't mean that you can't get a drink with your friend when you go out on a Friday night. It doesn't mean you can't get a new pair of shoes. It doesn't mean you can't have joy. It just is something that unfortunately was forced upon you that should have been free because we should be investing in our people and in the education of our people because it's not just good for them. It's good for our country. I just got chills. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from like the financial side, if you do have a lot of student loan debt or any kind of debt, you got to attack those interest rates first. You got to look at where they're the highest are. Usually the private loans have the highest interest rates. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a place, in a position, refinance those sons of bitches. Refinance, refinance those yep. loans. Get your get a friend, a relative, not a friend, but get a relative you to help. You want to like unpack what that means though? Like yeah. refinancing a loan? Yeah. So ref- Because what, yeah, you do it. Um, actually, it's show. no, it's, <laughs> it's our show, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, we are the money, honey. Exactly, honey. Um, Refinancing your loans essentially means tying them all together under one umbrella interest rate. So you, for a private loan, you may have one. Well, usually how loans happen, like when you have a private loan, like I have all my private loans with Discover. Discover can go fuck themselves. Um, (laughs) They really can. And when I log on to discover.com, go fuck yourself. Um, they say it shows like loan A, loan B, loan mm. G, loan F, and they're all different private mm. loans. So like loan A is like for eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, loan B is for like whatever, and they all have separate interest rates. Mm-hmm. So refinancing them means that usually it's another company. So Discover was the company that refinanced my loans. Mm. But usually another company comes in and says, I'm going to take that bundle of loans from you and your new interest rate is this. So if one, for an example, my interest rates were like 12 percent, 8 percent, 7 percent, they would take them all and be like, now your interest rate is 9 percent, mm-hmm. which is like a middle ground. An average. An mm-hmm. average. Is that is that refinancing plus consolidation? Kind of. Yeah. Ben, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I mean, that's basically it. It's, it's, it's getting a new loan. The new loan provider pays off your old loan, and now you owe it to them at a lower interest rate. That interest is so important because if it accrues at a rate that's higher than you can afford to pay off, you will literally never pay off your debt. Mm-hmm. That's why there are people who had $100,000 in debt and now have $300,000. Mm-hmm. That's why it's also a scam. That's why lending money to poor people is a scam um, for people who don't have institutional or generational wealth. So, yeah, that's it. It's like if you as much money as you can save, always save it. And you can do that with your credit cards. You can do that with Mm -hmm. lots of different things. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing another thing to think about is you want to pay off those private loans first, usually, because the government and our relationship and the government's relationship with student loans is always changing. Like in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. they put a pause on it. Mm -hmm. In the pandemic, my financial advisor came to me and said, "Mm, pay the minimum payment. Mm. On those be- sons of bitches. Oh, because you weren't getting charged like the no the interest yeah. wasn't yeah well, right and yeah. it's always changing. They're all put in what's called forbearance. Mm-hmm. Right, forbearance. Thank you. So 
always just pay off those private loans first because those Mm -hmm. are private companies. Mm. The government isn't going to like send debt collectors as quickly after you as Mm. Discover student loans. Fuck you, Discover. Will mm-hmm. also sponsor us. What you just what you just described is the argument for big government over big business, <laughs> because it's true. You know, at the end of the day, these corporations want to make money first and foremost, and at some point, the federal government will take steps to reduce student loan debt, whether it's ten thousand, fifty thousand, or all of it. So definitely pay private first. Ben, what do you know about the PSLF program? Um, not mine. The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Oh, uh, oh, there we go. You got to unpack those letters. Sorry, oh baby. <laughs> Sorry. Well, how do you feel about the See You Next Tuesday program? What? Um, <laughs> look, it's, in theory, this program is great. What this program says is if you serve for a certain amount of time in public service roles in the government or in nonprofit um, organizations, we're going to wipe your student loan debt because you have done a service. And usually you've done it at a lower salary than people who work for private companies. The reason why it's messed up is because hundreds of thousands of people are still waiting for their student loan debt to be wiped for who are part of the prob- program. So I think it's great. And I think that service should be rewarded by our government. Um, but the system just doesn't fully work for, for too many people. And you have to make 120 monthly loan payments. 120, that is 10 years. 10 years of being paid a government salary, which both of my parents, my mom worked for the CDC. My dad was a high school principal. Both of my parents had that government salary. It's not great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is it that it's taking so long for these for this program to actually come full circle for all of these people who, you know, paid the programs are underfunded and they don't have the resources to process. It's the same reason that the literal IRS can't process every tax return in this country. Our government is not great. And the, the sooner people start realizing that they don't have it all figured out and maybe we should start figuring some things out for ourselves, the better. Amen. Mm. Amen. So to wrap things up, Ben, because you've given us so much of your time. Thank you, sweet Ben. Um, and probably the most important question of the entire episode who would you like to foot the bill of education in this country? I have an answer. I would like the 754 billionaires in this country to pay for college, collect uh, for universal college. Um, collectively, they're worth $4.7 trillion and college for 10 years, which is the period of time that we make policy for in this country, would cost about $800 billion. And that's a first dollar program, meaning that they could still have nearly $4 trillion after paying for college for every American for 10 years. Um, that just sounds like it makes a lot of sense to me. When you say yeah. having billionaires pay for it, you mean through taxes? I mean a wealth tax. I mean mm-hmm. a tax on people's wealth. Because what people need to understand is we make uh, paychecks and we pay taxes on them. Mm-hmm. That's not how rich people get rich. Mm-hmm. Rich people get what's called capital gains. Their money makes money. Mm-hmm. They get money up to 10% annually, sometimes more, 5 to 10%. They get money just for having money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And so that money that they make is taxed at a lower level than the money that a janitor makes at a high school. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. That's messed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. y'all? Who would you like to see foot the bill? Your ex? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Trump himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm right in line. I think more specifically, like the Zuckerbergs and mm-hmm. the yeah. and the Bezos and yeah. yeah, I think 
And Tate Diggs. And Tate Diggs. And Tate Diggs. <laughs> He's Wait, let's see if he followed me. No. He didn't no. follow you back. <laughs> Tate Diggs. Come Tay on, Diggs. Tay. Come on, Tay. We'll Come make on. you we'll make you a part of our merch, Tay. Oh, yeah, please. Um follow Shanti back. <laughs> So comparison is the root of all evil. And I'm so sorry that we had to like compare student loans here and abroad. But I had to ask y'all, has this conversation that we've had with beautiful Ben adjusted what you think the dollar amount of your college education? That first question I asked you at the top of the episode, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much do you think education is actually worth? I mean, it's. I don't know. It, it, It feels like like a crazy question because I don't. I, I just know that like the life experience and stuff that I got from it and just like the growth that I like needed to do, I don't actually know that it changes my dollar amount that much. So the thing for me is that I'm almost so I agree, but yeah. then I'm like, I feel like all of these other colleges and universities that are like two hundred and forty dollars a year in these yes. other countries, these students are getting the the experience and yes. the networking and the things like that, you know? So it's like why do we even have to like why like why like obviously like going to an HBCU is priceless because it's great being around people who look like me for four years when that's not the actual reality of America when you get into the workforce. But it's like also why do I have to pay for that? Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's annoying. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, here's the thing, my friends. College is a priceless opportunity to learn, to grow, to find yourself, to build community. It's so priceless that it shouldn't have a price. And it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. It could be free for you, for me, and for every single person in this country. All it would take is investing in our future instead of investing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So college is priceless. That's how much it's worth. It's worth everything, and it should cost nothing. Nothing. Yes, yes. That's the thing where I'm like, in through my American lens, is it worth $40,000? Yes. But should I have to pay $40,000? No, No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Ben, where can people find you? People can find me on the internet. My name is Ben O'Keefe. That's okay. E as in Edward. E as in Edward. F as in Frank. E as in Edward. I don't know. And uh, I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the Twitter. I still have a Facebook back when that used to be a thing. I'm not on the Tic Tacs. Um, I'm too old, but maybe I'll get true. there one day. It's not true, Ben. I'm Benjamin O'Keefe. <laughs> and everyone should go to Benjamin o- BenO'Keefe.com because his website is so good. It's so good. It's so and beautiful. I made it myself. Hashtag creator. Wait. Did you, <laughs> did you really make it yourself? I sure did. I'm multi-talented and very humble. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Um, thank you, Ben. Thank you, thank you Ben. Me. What a delight. And until next week, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. 
It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.